Where are you going to go for the best in college radio? The University of Central Missouri, of course. Tune in to the UCM radio station, The Beat. Welcome back to Voices of UCM. I'm your host, Olivia Gibbs, and this week I sat down with Gina Goff of Goff Productions. Gina has produced over 12 films in the last 20 years. Her most recent film, Senior Moment, stars Christopher Lloyd and William Shatner and can be streamed on Showtime and Amazon Prime Video. Gina, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm super excited to get the chance to talk to you. Um, I would really like to start with talking about your time at UCM. Um, I know you took a unique path to writing and producing movies. Um, and I also know that you majored in criminal justice and not digital media production while you were at UCM. Um, so what were your career goals at the time? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Olivia. I really appreciate it. Um, gosh, I, I have so many great memories um, at school there. Um, my, I mean, my career goals at that time, because my major was criminal justice, I was really thinking that I wanted to be a police officer or possibly a special agent within the FBI. So that's, that's why I was going down that path at that time. And then... You know, I think by the time I got out there and the reality of what that would look like hit me, then I realized, wow, that's not really going to be for me. It's not going to be a good fit. So then I went a little bit different direction and got into doing paralegal work. And I did that for, for several years. Were you doing that in Warrensburg or was that out of Kansas City? That was in Kansas City, actually. I, I moved there after after school, after I graduated, and um, and I actually ended up going to UMKC to get my paralegal certificate uh, because I knew that would help. Um, and and yeah, I, I I was living there for about eight years and worked as a paralegal that whole time. And then I remember that last that last winter. <laughs> <laughs> And I was thinking, wow, I don't know that I can do this weather this much longer. And I had friends in LA and I had wanted to move there for a long time and um, finally just decided to do it. So um, after eight years in Kansas City, then I moved to LA and continued doing paralegal work for a little while. Um, and that is until I started seeing all the filming around. And then, then I got really curious, like, you know, when I first moved to LA, I mean, there was filming everywhere. I mean, you would just see, you know, the grip and lighting trucks and all the people. And it was like, oh my God, that'd be so cool to be in that business, you know, but you know, like, what would somebody like me do in a business like that? And, you know, I, I don't want to be an actor. I'm not a director. I don't know if I'll ever write anything. So I just, um, I just thought it would be so cool. And then what really led me into this was I saw this ad in the LA Weekly which is kind of a local magazine that comes out every week and it's online now, of course, too. And they had this ad in there, you know, come join the AFI, the American Film Institute, um, and join us for this two-week movie making boot camp and learn all about movies from A to Z. And I just thought, cool, I'll take a two-week vacation from my day job and I'll just go do this for fun, just to learn a little something about the business. That and is that's so how cool. 
And that was the beginning of the end, because once I got in there, I'm like, oh, my God, there's actually a place for somebody like me because I'm I'm good with people and I'm very organized and and I'm frugal and I'm good with money. And like, you know, that's like the good. Those are good qualities for a producer. And 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 probably also like I could have gone the agent or manager route. But I don't know, after I talked to a couple of people that were agents, I, I realized really fast that. I didn't really have the stomach for that. Like that's, that's much more cutthroat and all of that. And I was more just, you know, coming in the business for the love of movies and movie making and storytelling. And of course now that kind of segues a lot into the series stuff too, because I, I watch probably more series stuff now than I actually do movies, which is interesting how that's changed. Would you be interested in producing like a series? Absolutely. I've got a few things in development right now that are series. And, and one of them is actually a spinoff series for the movie of mine that came out last year, um, Senior Moment. Um, so I have a Senior Moment series spinoff and I, and I have William Shatner and Christopher Lloyd both committed to doing that. So um, I'm out there shopping it right now. So fingers are crossed. That is so exciting. Okay. As excited as I am to talk to you about your career, I do want to say UCM focused for now um, before okay. we move into that. Also, you mentioned the weather. We had this terrible snowstorm today. Class, <laughs> oh, you would no. be very thankful that you're not here right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so were you involved in any student organizations during your time at UCM? Um, I think I was in the Criminal Justice Club for a couple of years, but that was really it. I mean, I didn't, I, I think my freshman year, I kind of dabbled in the band a little bit for fun and then didn't really do much with that. So I, I was, I would not say that I was super active, you know, academically then. I mean, for me at that time in my life, you know, because I was, you know, very, I would say a little, maybe a little immature. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I was, I was really just having, you know, one of the best times of my life with my friends, you know, and, and hanging out with them and, you know, going downtown and walking around and, and hitting the bars and just all of the things that, you know, that's a part of going to college, obviously not all of it, but I think for me at that time, it was probably about 50, 50, like that and school. So, <laughs> but the social part I think is really a valuable part. And that's, you know, that's something too. I mean, since you guys have gone through this pandemic, I, I was thinking about that recently, like, gosh, can, I can't even imagine what that would be like to be a college student where you're supposed to be like having all this fun and doing all these cool things with your friends and running around and, you know, and then the yeah. pandemic. So I'm sure it's been different for you. I would say so. Yes. I'm, well, I'm a senior. So I got a year and a half of like normal college, but I wasn't 21. So I wasn't really going downtown. So mm -hmm. I'm 22 now, so I can go downtown, but it's not really the same because a lot of people still aren't fully comfortable with going out and things like that. Right. Um, but I agree. I think, I think the, how do I put this? I think spending time with your friends is very important in college, especially because you're so close to them. Um, and that, that's probably the only time in your life that you are in such a close proximity with all of your friends. That's true. I mean, they become your family at that time. And then I think, you know, it's, 
it's, it's a, it's a great growth, you know, to go through kind of that first time of, of being away from home and living a little bit on your own, but not really because, you know, you still have parents helping you out with things and, but you, you learn a lot about who you are. And I think just having great friends around you can kind of, you know, help you figure out who you are as well as, you know, the kind of person you are and who you want to hang out with and who you don't want to hang out with. So I yeah, agree. there's a lot of, a lot of There is absolutely. Um, you said that you were a paralegal right out of college. Were there any other jobs that you worked in right before getting into filmmaking or right around, I guess? Um, before I went into the filmmaking stuff, no, it was really just the paralegal stuff. But when I moved to Kansas City, like right after I graduated college, I remember, you know, I was still out there doing a little bit of the interviewing, you know, with the FBI and with the Kansas City Police Department and with the LA Police Department and San Diego Police. I was, I was still kind of exploring that and then just slowly figuring out that it wasn't going to be a, a fit for me. So I, um, yeah, I was just kind of out there, you know, checking it all out. But before I made the decision to go into the paralegal field and got my first job, um, I worked a few months, gosh, I guess it was probably six or eight months or so. I sold insurance. Like I was just, you know, I moved up there and I had, I had worked at the lake the summer before. So I graduated college. I went to the Lake of the Ozarks to have like one more fun summer, like before I went and got that real job. And um, I had enough money to, to last for two months. So I, I had to get a job pretty fast. <laughs> and I had a roommate who was a good friend of mine. And, but, you know, both of us had to get jobs immediately. So I, I took this, this insurance job for a few months while I continued to figure out like, well, wow, I didn't go to college to sell insurance. Like what, what am I going to do? You know? And then a friend of mine was like, they were telling me that they were working as a paralegal and kind of what they did. And I was like, oh, wow, I could see myself doing that. And so I just started interviewing places and I, I found a, a small firm willing to give me a shot, even though I didn't have my paralegal certificate. And they said, look, we'll hire you, but you, then you've got to get your certificate. And so that's why I went to UMKC and started doing that. But so, yeah, so for a few months out of school, you know, I, I just took, I took a job at Metropolitan Life for a few months just to kind of pay rent and keep going. And then, um, and then I made the change into the, the paralegal work. Okay. And then you said you got like really interested in filmmaking once you moved out to LA. Yes. I think once I moved to LA, then it was like, wow, like people do this for a living. Like, this is so cool. It never even occurred to me, you know, and, and I don't know if it's, you know, from growing up, in Jefferson city. Like, I just didn't know people that went into the film business then. Do you know if they had any kind of film degree at UCM at the time? I don't know. I mean, not to my knowledge, only because it wasn't something that I even thought about. So I wouldn't have known, but I don't remember anything like okay. that. I know film has gotten a lot more popular as a major recently so that's why I want to ask um I didn't know if that was something that people if it was something that was as popular um pre like 2000s I guess 
I doubt it. And I think what's changed a lot since that time period too, is that, you know, there are so many more opportunities in streaming and then people just going out and shooting their own little movies and series stuff and putting things on YouTube and the internet, like all of that stuff really opened it up for anyone to really go do it. So I that, changed, that changed a lot. And, you know, again, I was in the mindset of, you know, I really love to go watch movies and that was really it. Cause I just didn't, never really thought about it, but then I just, you know, moving to LA and I started seeing all this filming stuff. And then I kept meeting people that, that were involved in the business and it just sounded so cool, you know, cause it's like, gosh, I mean, to, to do something like that, that you love, like, and, and because I love movies so much and just, you know, I used to sneak into the different movie theaters and do like a double feature and, and all of that. Um, I did that in, in Warrensburg and, and also in Jefferson city. And, um, and it was fun, but yeah, I, I never thought about it. I think if I had met someone who was doing that, I might've thought hmm, that's really interesting. Maybe I could do that too, but I just never, I never knew anyone that did it. So it never occurred to me. Okay. Uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll discuss um, your your entire career in film. Okay, cool. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times? 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. How did you sort of break into the industry? So you mentioned you went to the boot camp. What happened after that? So after that two weeks of me learning everything from A to Z on how to make a really bad movie, <laughs> because we did make a pretty bad movie, um, but I learned the nuts and bolts of it, which was really valuable. Then I went back to my day job and I was like, wow, um, I just want to do that. I don't really want to do this paralegal stuff anymore. And so I just, you know, it, it probably was a few weeks. I'm, I'm not sure how long after that, but not long that I just gave my notice on the job and was like, I'm just going to go for this. If it doesn't work out, I'll come back. I'm sure I can find another paralegal job. You know, they're pretty easy to find, like once you have the experience. So I, um, so I quit my day job. I didn't know anyone in the business. It was crazy. I uh, signed up. Um, I, I joined as many film organizations as I could. So I joined Film Independent, Women in Film. At that time, there used to be this Hollywood networking breakfast thing that happened like once a month. And so I did that. And just any place where I could go meet people that were either in the business or trying to get in the business or whatever. So that's what I did. And, and at one of those networking breakfasts that I went to, I met this woman who um, wanted to be a director and had a script and had some money. And she was telling me, yeah, you know, I really need some help. I'm very unorganized. And, you know, I, I don't even balance my own checkbook and I'm just really terrible <laughs> following through on things and just all these things. And, and I said, well, I, I really want to be a producer and I think I can help you. And if, you know, I get stuck along the way. There's a professor at AFI that's offered 
you know, to take calls for me if I get in a bind and need some advice or something. And she's like, let's do it. So I went and produced my first short film, like really soon after I quit my day job. And, uh, and then from that short film, I've got a little friend that just popped in here. <laughs> my, little, my little doggy Hendrix. Um, so then after that short film, one of the production assistants from that went to work on another short film and then the producer fell out on that one. There was some argument between the, the producer and the director. And then the production assistant was like, Hey, I just worked with this really cool producer on this other project. Maybe you should talk to her. And then, you know, so I talked to the, the guy that was the director of the short film and we really connected. And so then I went and produced that. And then somebody from that shoot went on to another shoot where some producers parent was seriously ill and they literally had to move back home um and so they dropped out of the project and so it was literally like once I got that first project rolling it was just word of mouth with each thing after and then it just kept going from there because I kept thinking my gosh I've, I've got my resume ready like I'm gonna have to send it to hundreds of places and like I was really ready to do all of that and as it turns out I never really had to do that like once I got that, got my, my foot in the, you know, into my first film project, then it really just rolled from one project to another, to another. So I'm, I'm fortunate in that way. I, I would say so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Films like that, did you produce before you decided, I think I need to start up my own production company? I mean, pretty shortly thereafter, because I just... I knew I wasn't probably going to go work for a company for someone else because I didn't really want to do that. I had already been working in law firms for years. And I, you know, as a producer, you can be self-employed and, and a lot of people in the business are, I mean, they, you know, that's what they do. And so, yeah, I really early on, I knew that I would just start my own production company. A fun, funny story about that, though, the, the first production company that I ever thought about starting, I lived on the street in West Hollywood called Altaloma. And I was like, oh, cool, Altaloma Productions. Yeah, I'll just call it that. And I checked, you know, with the state and the name was available. And so I, I became Altaloma Productions. And then it was the funniest thing happened. I, I kept getting... Yeah, I kept running into people like, hey, I just saw some Showtime thing that you did the other night. And I kept thinking, well, I, I didn't do a Showtime thing. And like, hey, I saw your name on this. I, I saw Altaloma Productions on this, this thing. Like, I didn't realize that you were doing soft porn. And I was like, um, I'm, I'm not doing soft porn. <laughs> what the hell? And then like a couple of days after that, I got the phone call from the legal department at the Playboy Company. And as it turns out, they had held the name Altaloma Productions for like 20 plus years. And they forgot to renew the name the year, the year that I decided I'd be Altaloma because I lived on that street and I couldn't think of a different name. <laughs> and they were like, look, we know that you legally have the name, but we would argue that because we've had the name for 20 years, it's our name and it's not your name. And we're going to fight you on this. And I was like, I'm going to change the name. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would put up a fight for I didn't that. want people to think I was coming into the business to, to be in the porno business. So anyway, so that was really crazy. So after that, I just I just called it, you know, my name, my golf 
you know, at that time I was, I had a, a producing partner with me. So it was Goff Kellum productions. It's like, well, no one's going to want that name and that'll never happen again. <laughs> no kidding. That and is ultimately Goff Kellum just became Goff productions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> a really crazy story though. And I just, I, I do remember like, and then when I would look back on it, I'd be like, yeah, I wondered why they asked me some of the questions that they like things made sense. Like, Oh my God, all of these people thought I had gone into the porno business. Anyway, really funny story, probably way off topic. No, that that is funny. That's okay. Um, (laughs) How many films would you say in total you have worked on? I have produced 14 films so far, and I've got my 15th one just around the corner. Um, Hopefully April, May of, of the spring, I'll be filming that one. That's coming up. It's coming up really fast. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm trying to close on the money and I'm, I'm just about to wrap things up with the investors. So once that happens, then we'll hire the, you know, the casting agent and roll into production. That is so cool. What is your favorite part of the process? For me, well, there, there are a few favorite parts, but I guess the first one is what you because, you know, as a producer, you're always reading scripts, you're always looking for that diamond in the rough, because most of the scripts you're going to read are not going to be that great. And so you're reading, reading, reading. And then when you, when you read that one where you're like, yes, like, the, oh my God, like, this is the story I have to tell, like, this is going to be my next project. And you get like passionate and excited about it. Like, that's fun for me to find that diamond in the rough script. And then I guess the next favorite part for me, which might be my favorite part, I love being on set. And, and there are different kinds of producers and some are more involved and some are less involved, but I'm like super hands-on involved in all of my production. I'm, you know, I'll be one of the first people on the set and one of the last to leave. And, you know, I love being on the set and, and particularly when I'm watching the acting performances and you see that actor nail that scene and you know, like, wow, like that's the circle take that's going to be in the movie. Like, God, that's so great. You know, when you're seeing like that script come to life, like I love that. So I would say that that's my favorite part. It's also really fun once the movie's completed and you're watching it that first time with a live audience on the big screen, like that's super exciting too. How many scripts would you say you read before finding like the one? A hundred at least. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm like always reading scripts. Always. I mean, I've it's changed maybe a little bit because you know, now that I've been in the business for a little over 20 years, I I mean I have certain writers that I love working with. So in that way it's easier, but I'll still read stuff from strangers too, because you never know what you're gonna find. What is a film you've worked on that is memorable, whether good or bad? Just like something that sticks out to you. I mean, probably the most memorable one, which was my most recent movie, which was Senior Moment, the one that came out last year. Um, That one was the most memorable just because it was the biggest movie I had produced so far. It was the biggest budget. It had the biggest cast. Um, so I would, I would definitely say senior moment. And, you know, when you're working with people like William Shatner and Gene Smart and, 
Christopher Lloyd and Esai Morales and Katrina Bowden and like so many other, you know, amazing actors. Um, it's like, that's pretty cool. That, so that was memorable for me. And I remember, you know, it's cool too, like that first day on set when we were just starting the production on that movie. I remember just standing there at this Jensen's grocery store because it was a grocery store scene with William Shatner and Gene Smart. And I remember just standing there and for a brief moment, I was like, God, I can't believe I'm producing this movie. Like, this is like, how did this happen? Like, like I almost kind of went out of this thing. Like, Oh my God, I like, I grew up in Jefferson city. Like, how did I end up producing a movie like this? Like, this is crazy. You know, just one of those like unexpected thoughts. And then, yeah. you know, and then I got back into the mode of, oh my gosh, I got to make sure everything goes smooth. And, you know, have I thought everything through and like, you know, anticipated every worst case scenario situation, like a good producer would do and all of that stuff. So anyway. That is so cool. I think if I were in your shoes, I would do that every day. Like I would be like, oh my gosh, this is my life. I can't even believe it. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, when Senior Moment, which came out last year theatrically and on demand, and it's on Showtime now and Apple and Amazon and all these places still and, and doing really great, which is awesome. But, you know, just another one of those cool things that happened with that, too, when the movie started playing at a theater in Palm Springs, just one day I get this call from Christopher Lloyd and he was like, hey, Gina, my wife and I we're going to be in Palm Springs for a few days and we know the movie's going to be there and I haven't seen it on the big screen yet. Do you want to go to the movie with me? And then maybe we could do a Q&A afterwards. You know, do you think that would be something fun? And I was like, of course, yes. So of course I called the theater, hey, Christopher Lloyd wants to have a Q&A. And they were like, yes, you know, because obviously that, that drew a lot of people in. But those kind of fun things, like sometimes I'll have those conversations and I'll hang up the phone and be like, was I just talking to Christopher Lloyd and Back to the Future? Like just those little moments, you're like, it's almost a little unbelievable at times. Yeah, that is so cool. I know I keep saying that, but that that is so cool and exciting. And for somebody who wants to do screenwriting and wants to work in movies, mm -hmm. it's very like inspiring to hear that you were just kind of like, I want to do this, so I'm going to do this. I was going to make it happen one way or another. Like I, even though like the logical part of me was like, Gina, if this doesn't work out, you can go back and be a paralegal again. You know, it's like, I didn't hate doing that. I mean, I actually enjoyed it for a long time, but, but then there was this other part of me that's like, but I'm never going back to that. Like this is going to work and I'm going to make, I'm going to make it work one way or another. I'm going to find a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know I don't know anyone. I know that this is an unusual situation, but I'm going to find a way in one way or another. That's what Joe Moore keeps telling us. He's like, you guys, if you think that you're going to work for a few years and then go to LA, it's not going to happen. You're going to get comfortable. You need to just pick up and go. And it's so. I agree with that. Oh my goodness. It's so it's hard. It's too hard. Like. To, to give up the security and, you know, and if you bought a house and it's just really hard to just give that up for the unknown. It's yes. better to not have any of that and just know that you're going to somehow figure it out. Yes, I agree. But it is so scary. <laughs> scary. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's always scary. <laughs> um Kind of shifting back. What is a typical work day like for you? I guess right now. I mean, I wake up and I mean, I start 
I mean, I'm usually on the phone from like nine o'clock. I mean, sometimes eight o'clock on, but it, but at least by nine, I'm on Zoom calls, regular calls, um, Zoom meetings now. I mean, I used to run around and have in-person meetings and I would go in the door at the HBOs and in the door at showtimes. And, but now everything's a Zoom call. So I'm pretty much at my desk most of the time. I mean, the only time I really get away is, um, you know, and I, I try to do this as much as I can just because, you know, it's, it's been so isolating, you know, not having the in-person meetings that I try to get as many lunch meetings scheduled with people that I can just to get out and see like people and, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe, maybe put something else on other than sweatpants and <laughs> I'm kidding, but it's nice to go out. And then, and then also just to kind of keep those, those connections alive with people, because I think, you know, the zoom calls are great in so many ways, but it's, it's not really the same as sitting down with a person and, you know, having coffee or lunch or whatever. I agree. It's definitely a different dynamic um, over Zoom than it would be in person in any kind of setting. Right. Well, and also depending on how many, depending on how many people are on the Zoom calls, you know, sometimes you find yourself talking over people and, you know, it's, it's just, it's harder. I mean, most of mine are smaller, like more one-on-one or just maybe two or three people, but um, yeah, I like the in-person stuff way better, but I don't, I don't think it's coming back because I, I'm kind of taking a survey with each, you know, Zoom meeting that I've had recently with, like I had one with NBC, one with HBO and one with Netflix. And I asked them all the same question at the end. I said, do you guys think that you'll ever go back to the in-person meetings? And all of them said, absolutely not. The Zoom calls are more efficient. We're not waiting for someone to find parking or somebody's stuck in the green garage because they didn't go to the orange elevator and, you know, like all of these things that happen because I've been there. Like so many times I've been in the lobby at HBO, like, oh God, I hope they find the orange elevators. Like, I hope that, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I didn't really think about um, like travel time and things like that. I guess I haven't had my first big girl job yet, but um, yeah, I guess with like classes and things like that, I prefer them in person just because it's, it's so much easier to not pay attention on Zoom. And I'm somebody who needs to be like engaged. Right. Right. It's, it's definitely different, but anyway. So yeah, the, the word on the street, at least today, is they don't think they're going back to the in-person meetings. So I guess time will tell if that happens or not. Okay. We but- take one more commercial break and then we'll be back to discuss your plans for the future. Cool. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. You talked a little bit about some of the the stuff that you're working on right now. You mentioned the the senior moment series. What mm-hmm. stage of production is that in? 
that's just in development. We have the pilot script, we have the series Bible written, and then the attachments with William Shatner and Christopher Lloyd. And so that I'm just shopping it around now. Um, I'm taking it out to places like Showtime because they're playing our movie. So that it seems like it would be a good fit there. And so some of the streamers and different companies um, to see if there's interest in that. So I have that project going on. I'm gearing up for, you know, what, which I would say that we're in technically in pre-production right now on this scary movie project that I have called the movers. Um, so that I'm looking forward to being in production either in April or May of this year. So that's going on. And I've got about probably six or seven other projects in development. Um, you know, I, I could say in various stages, but they're all in script form. And, you know, if they're series, you know, you've got to have the script and the Bible to take that out. Uh, and then I've got a few movie projects too. And so some of those I shop around, like if I think, wow, that one's probably, you know, a bigger budget than I think I can raise the money on that. I'll just, I'll shop it around to the studios and the different places. And then, you know, with this, with the series stuff, you know, even though I could technically go out and, and shoot it independently, I'd rather, you know, be in business with a company. So I know that there's, it's absolutely going to, you know, we're going to have a partner that's going to show it when we're done. So I'm, I'm, I'm always juggling a lot of things, which I think most, particularly most independent producers, you have to, because you don't know which one, when people, like I remember after senior moment, people were like, oh, what, what are you doing next? And when I was being interviewed and stuff, and, and it would always say, I have no idea. I have eight projects in development. I don't know which one's going to go next. We'll see. How many six or seven or eight, how many projects would you say you work on on average, like at one time? That's the max. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. It's more than I ever have before. I mean, it's, it's weird too, because like I have this one project that's been pending, you know, they're, I'm waiting for an answer from BET. It's a music project that would be really cool for them. And I'm still waiting for an answer there. So that project's just kind of tied up right now where I'm waiting to hear what's going on, what they're going to do all while I'm shuffling around, you know, wrapping up the financing on the scary movie project, getting the senior moment series out there as much as I can. And I've got a couple of other comedy series that I'm shopping around. And so I'm, I keep pretty busy. Sounds like you and I have a different 24 hours of the day um, <laughs> between reading scripts and being on set and doing interviews and things like that. How do you balance all of it? It's not easy. I mean, I, I work all the time. I, I mean, I literally sit at this desk <laughs> um, for breakfast and unless I have a lunch out, I'll eat lunch here. And a lot of times even dinner, I mean, it, it just depends on what's going on. I mean, I have tried particularly after senior moments take a little bit more, you know, time for myself. Like I've tried to cut it off. Like if I can just be done by six and, and unless, you know, like if I'm, if I'm looking for money and the investor calls me after six o'clock, I'm going to take the call. So it just depends on the situation, but I've tried to set some boundaries and, 
all of that, you know, just so I can have, you know, a life. (laughs) What are the first couple of weeks of production like for you, just in a general sense? Well, for the, for me as the producer, it's the busiest time because you're hiring everybody. Like, right. Like when we start the movers project, the, the scary movie project that I have, I mean, I already know who's directing it. It's Giorgio Serafini from Senior Moment because he also wrote the script. So Giorgio and I will, um, you know, put the word out and we'll immediately hire Pat McCorkle to do the casting on that project because she also did Senior Moment and we loved working with her. And then we'll, you know, just put the word out that we're hiring all department heads. And so we'll interview everybody together. Like Giorgio and I are very collaborative together, which is awesome. And so we'll just start the interview and we'll bring on all the department heads and we'll interview them and then, you know, pick them together and start picking locations and looking location scouting and just, you know, everything, everything that you do for the production work, but it's, it's a lot. What I've always said is for like a really good producer, if you, if you have everything done in pre-production, like if you're really organized and you, you think through every worst case scenario, like even if you don't know if it's going to rain or not, just get the tents and have them in the truck. Cause you don't know like that kind of stuff. Like by the time you actually get to production, it should be pretty easy then. Cause you've already done all the work theoretically. I mean, things will come up of course, but you know, if you've planned well and, you know, really gotten everything done that you've needed to in pre-production, the production should just be fun. Right. Um, how has COVID kind of changed all of this for you? Like, are there restrictions on set or, I mean, we talked about the Zoom meetings and things like that. Um, what is it like when you are in person? Well, fortunately, my last movie was shot before the pandemic. and But so we were only finishing it during the pandemic, which was challenging because we were sneaking into sound houses and places that were supposed to be closed and all of that. So that was, that was crazy, but I've been on a few sets of friends of mine recently and it's that the, you know, everybody has to be tested every day and the unions are there and you have to use the unions lab. And so you've, you've really got to factor in like another, at least another 10% of your budget just for all the COVID protocols and the masks that you have to provide and the hand, you know, all the hand sanitizers. And in some places the, the face masks are required like with the makeup people. And it's just, it's a lot. So it adds money on an inconvenience and just more crap. <laughs> I've seen some- and, and if somebody test positive, then you know you might get shut down. The entire production? Yes. Wow. Which, how do you do that with an independent production? You know, and that's, I mean, I'm glad I've waited this long. I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm going to knock on some wood here, but I, I, hopefully things are getting better for all of us. And, you know, the next production production will be really smooth, but you know, I was friends with, uh, I'm friends with one of the producers on the Reagan movie and they went to Oklahoma and then they were shut down for a while and then they started back up and then somebody else tested positive and they got shut down again. And, you know, they were there weeks longer than they should have been because they had to quarantine and all of that. 
So right. it's, it's a little scary. Like I'm definitely going to make sure that the movie, the next movie is bonded. So if some, something, you know, horrible happens, it's, you know, will at least hopefully cover us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Um, okay. My last question for you, what advice would you give to people who are, who want to be in your position? Well, unless you have um, relatives in the business or friends in the business, you're going to have to get out there and meet people and you're, you're going to have to network and joining every organization that you can join, put yourself in situations where you're going to meet people that, you know, they can help you. Like if you're a writer, you're going to probably want to meet producers and directors, people that can get your script produced. And, you know, depending on what aspect of the business you're trying to go into, but I I would, you know, I hate to say it because it's, everybody says it, but it's true. I mean, you just, you have to network, network, network like crazy. And it's, it's not always fun. And I, I remember like going to some of these networking things, I'd be like, Oh, I'm so sick of this stuff. Like, I just don't want to do this anymore, you know, but you know, then I'd push myself to go and then you get there. And then I would meet someone that later, turned out to be someone really valuable for me to know when I went into a certain company, it's like, Oh yeah, I remember meeting you or, or I would just stay in touch with them and then start sending scripts to them, you know, of scripts that I've optioned, like if it's, you know, a corporate executive or whatever. So it's, you got to put yourself out there though. And there's really, there's no way around that unless you do have like a really successful relative or friend in the business. And then that's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Well, I will pass that advice on to my classmates. <laughs> cool. Um, unfortunately, that is all of the time that we have for this evening. Gina, thank you so much. I This has been such an eye-opening interview for me. Um, for those listening at home, you can stream Senior Moment on Showtime and Amazon Prime Video. Don't forget to join me again next week at the same time and place. I'm Olivia Gibbs, and this has been Voices of UCM. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.